0: the journey podcast the journey is a college and young adult ministry of southcrest baptist church we hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in jesus amen hey if i were to just come up to you and ask you who are you one you should look at me really weird that's not a good way to come up and start a conversation right if I were to just come up and ask you, who are you? What what defines you? What what makes you you? All right. Here's a here's something I was thinking about this week. There's there's a song that I'm I'm gonna mention in a minute. I was thinking about maybe about how old a lot of you guys would would be um, at this point. I think we're like I, I'm feeling older each year. I was thinking about college ministry is like. As, as you come and go, you stay the same age, but I just keep getting older. And so that, that's awesome on my part. But I was thinking about how old you would be <clears throat> when a certain song came out that um, influenced and, and became so prevalent, probably during your like, teenage, young, adolescent years, and, I, and I'm thinking that its influence was so great <clears throat> that if I just started singing it, uh, now please prove me right, if I just started singing the first line, that all of you in beautiful unison would be able to take it from there and sing it together. Let it go, let it go. Oh man, that was bad. Yeah, we are a Baptist church. Yes, we are. All right, but y'all know Let It Go, right? Please raise your hand. Everyone wants raise your hand. You know the song, Let It Go, right? Let it go. I I need to bring the worship band up to come and redeem that. Uh, But anyway, everyone like literally everywhere across the planet, they knew that song. And it was one of the main characters, Elsa, that sang it right, I of the characters, right? And the whole premise of the song is, is what? She's like, I, I, I'm i breaking free. I don't wanna be in this cell, and this box of who people told me I am. Like, really, I'm this like, I have these insane like powers, I can like throw ice at people and freeze the entire universe. But everyone just thinks I'm a, cute little girl just locked away because I'm scared of the world but actually I don't want to hurt you with my superpowers right and so she's like I'm breaking free of that no more I love how I'm talking and I'm like acting out the narrative of like a female actress anyway so um she's had this moment (laughs) this moment right like I'm done right and so I want to I want to read these lyrics to you this is like really important amazing amazing lyrics I can't. <laughs> no, <laughs> Seth Cummings. My goodness, why don't you sing them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Okay. Here it is. It's. It's funny how some distance makes everything seem small, and the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. <laughs> so lame when you just say it. You're right, Seth. I should have sang it. <laughs> it's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. <laughs> No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I sound like that parody guy who did all those different voices and sang this song. But I, yeah, anyway. I'm free. So no right, no wrong, no, no rules for me. She's like, uh-uh, no more rules. I'm gonna create my own identity. I'm gonna decide who I am. <laughs> my power flurries through the air into the ground. <laughs> My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. And one thought crystallizes like an icy blast. I'm never going back. The past is in the past. Not only am I going to define myself, all those people that were in my former life, they're dead to me. They're done. They're canceled. RIP. I'm done with them. I'm going to go live in a frozen castle that is super dangerous and slippery. It has a crazy little ice monster that comes out if anyone tries to get me out of it. That's what the song said. I'm just, yeah, anyway. So let it go, let it go. When I'll rise, I'll break like the break of dawn. Let it go, let it go. That, that perfect girl is gone. Here I stand in the light of day, let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. And I make this decision. That good little girl you thought you knew, that person you thought you knew, she's gone. Cold never bothered me anyway is another way of saying, like, I don't care what dangers are intense, extreme changes. This may cause to my life, it's okay, whatever. Whatever I need to do to define myself, right? Man, that's a really bleak picture, that song. You hate that song now, don't you? Anyway, you shouldn't hate that song. It's a good song. You know what's, yeah, it's a good song. You know what's crazy about that? I, uh, especially if we wanna joke, and, and maybe there's another time where we can just really sing the whole thing together. Um, I think that a lot of what Elsa is saying rings true in a lot of our hearts. I actually think the season of life that you're in, maybe you don't say it so poetically, maybe you shouldn't say it so poetically, but a lot of you probably have already had a moment in your life where you've realized, hey, because of what I think I want to be, I've got to go in this trajectory, the, the kind of childishness that I lived in. I, that, those days are either over or they're ending fast, depending on how your parents raised you, right? And so there may have be been something that some of you really, really wanted to do, and you found out you, you're not going to do that. Some of you may want to be an incredible athlete. And maybe you got a knee injury, or you just realized, honestly, like just like me, you're just not that good, right? Like you need to just call it quits and just go go study a book and, and get off the field, all right? And so, some of you, like you, you got into college, right? Maybe, and you thought this was your your path. Like, man, if I can just do this, this is my dream job. Like, this is gonna be so fulfilling. And then you're like. I don't want to study that much, you know, and you change your major, you just, oh, I'm not passionate about that, or you realize you're gonna to have to go through this, like, long-tenured, evil professor that's been there for 10,000 years to get this major. <laughs> he was telling me about that. Lane French was telling me about that the other day. It's just funny. Um, where's Lane? Lane's in the back. Yeah, and you're like, no, never mind. I'm gonna change, change majors. And so all of us have run into an issue where we, I think we've had to ask this question Maybe it's disappointments. Maybe we had to think about what we're going to do with our lives. It's, man, what, is, what, what defines me? Like, who, who am I? Like, what is my life going to be about? And really, what I want to zoom in on tonight as we start our series is a question. From where do we find our ultimate identity? From where do we find our ultimate Identity. And so I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 27. We're starting a series called, Who Am I? The Imago Dei. The Imago Dei just means the image of God. That's what that means. And in this series, I'm really excited because you know what, we're gonna look at things that you have seen everywhere across the globe Issues that have boiled up to the top, not just boiled over, but literally caught fires in our world and in our culture and our society. And we're going to look at it from this starting point. This is going to be our launching pad. To answer all of those questions, we're going to have to be able to answer this question. Who am I? More specifically, from where do we find our ultimate identity? Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I'll read this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. For those of you that have never read the Bible, not familiar, like what's going on here, this is the Bible's account for how the world and us and everything in it was created, Genesis one one says, "In the beginning, God." It goes from there. So the presupposition, the thing that Christians believe that we hold as true, is God was there in the beginning. Like God is not sitting like praise, praise evolution forget for bringing me into existence. No, no, no. Like God was there before anything else. It's His eternality. It's something that we can't fully grasp because we're not like that. We haven't always been, but he is the one who who was and who is and is to come. And that's who created us. And so this is telling us how he created the whole world. As you go through chapter 1 and everything in it, and then it comes to us finally. So as I read this, from where do we find our ultimate identity, what you should know is that God created within a six day time frame and on the seventh day it says he rested so there's six days where he's doing a lot of stuff and guess what he created last maybe I should say who he created us he created humankind and so the first thing I want to point you to is that we find our ultimate identity in being the pinnacle of God's creation and being the pinnacle of God's creation. In other words, the last of all that was created, the best that God saved for last. Like, and I want you to think about that. If you look at, we talked about this last semester, you look at, at the stars, you look at just some of creation, like the complexity of even some, some various kinds of animals. You look at landscapes, even just going to, to Colorado and seeing seeing nature and all that it has for us going around the world and seeing all the beauty that God did. He says what surpasses those things, as beautiful as they are, is actually you and me, humankind, males and females that he created. So to kind of flesh this out, um, when I was a, a little kid, kind of growing up, um, I was uh, I was kind of like a pretty, like chubby kid. Like I, like I ate quite a bit. It was, it, was, it was bad. I had my mom. My mom watches this. Hey, mom, what's up? And so, like they, they fed me well, right? But I, I had some like chubby stages. But, but one of the things that I really did systematically is I knew the exact order of which I was going to eat my food to make sure I saved the best for last, right? Right? Any resonate with that? And so, Caroline Shipley was that. Amen. I'm not alone. I feel so much more like free and just. I feel so heard right now, you know what I mean? Okay, and so steak dinner, got, got that green nasty, you know, green beans that we just eat obligatory, you know, like, anyway. And then you got, like, mashed potatoes, so I'm like, I'm gonna take out them green beans, just get it over with, you know. Then moving into the mashed potatoes, it's like the next level, right? And then, and then I got the steak last, right? Saving the best for last. I remember, I got, I got made fun of this, um, made fun of, I think it was a girl, if I remember, her name was Lakeisha, Lakeisha Robinson, she saw me eating the burger and fries. And what's the best part of that? The burger, right? So I was, I was eating my fries, and she walked up, she's like, why are you eating your fries like that? And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, you got a whole burger sitting right there. I'm like, what? And, like, I looked up, and, like, literally her and all of her friends were just, like, staring at me, eating, all right? And so now, you know, that was traumatizing as a child. I probably, like, cried at home about it. But, um, but now, you know what, now I've read scripture, I'm like, I've been like, Lakeisha, I'm just a really, I'm so godly, I'm even godly with the way that I eat. You know, I save, I save the best for last. And so that was a super, <laughs> super dumb story. I don't, I could have thought a better thing than that, but that's what I went with. To illustrate to you something that's really, really important, God is a divine artist. He's a divine creator. Um, I'd like to think if Jesus came down and shared a meal, he'd be like, yeah, dude, eat, eat those fries first, man, you know, but God really did. He, he looks at us and, and says, man, this, I'm gonna create a lot of cool things. This is, this is the best. This is the best. So I wonder for you in the room who might be tempted to view yourself when you're a, a lot of, in a lot of different states, maybe view yourself when you're lonely, when you're depressed, when you're anxious, have low self-esteem if you can stare this biblical truth in the face that that says no no you're you're not useless no 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 you're you're not a mistake no 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 there's there is intention and design behind the way you were created not only that god looks at you and says to all of humankind this is the climax of my creation this is this is the best part you're not a mistake You are very, very, very much on purpose. Amen? I wonder how freeing that would be, maybe for those outside of our room, for a lost and dying world, to know that they're here for not only a reason, but that God was like, and bam, look at this. This is what I have. Look at, it's the climax of the symphony of creation. This is the most beautiful thing that I've created, and it's you and me. Man, that's powerful. But if we're so great, why did we mess up the world really fast and really bad, right? If we're so great, how do you explain, look anywhere, everywhere, that, right? Just point to anything. How do you explain that? Well, here's how. If you look even more in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. You have to learn different names, but we learn Adam and Eve, first male and first female created. What happened was when they rebelled against God, they sinned against him, what they essentially decided is they wanted to be their own creator. They're like, we want to we take what you've done, we want to dethrone you, God, and we want to be the great architect of how the world should work and revolve. And when they sinned, sin entered into the world in the same way that you inherit your parents' DNA. Every single human being from that time inherits sin because you can talk about your mama or your daddy, you can do those things where you know what your ancestors and where you're from, but our 1st were Adam and Eve, our first ancestors, and we inherit the sin of Adam. So I think their great sin was a rebellion against seeing that their creator is saying, no, you're the best, and the best thing I have, and the way I designed you is was so intentional. Don't try to change it. That's why it's so important, friends. Wherever you are, you have to treasure this truth that you are created by God as the capstone of His creation, not to try to be your own God, not to try to create your own world, which is going to lead us to the next point. But first, we find our ultimate identity in being the pinnacle of God's creation. Can y'all trust that tonight, wherever you are? Can you just believe that and hold that in your heart. I'm going to take that as a yes. All right. I'm going to read, make sure y'all got Genesis 1, to 27 open. Y'all ready? I'm going to read it again so you know where I'm going. We find our, our ultimate identity of being and knowing that we're the, the pinnacle of God's creation. Let's read this again. Then God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Where are we going next? We find our ultimate identity. There's so much you can get from these two verses. We find our ultimate identity in being created by God for God. Here's where I'm going. In other words, there was an infinite, there was a divine intentionality behind how you were created. Because we're created by God, the, who's perfect, all-knowing, all-sovereign. He doesn't make mistakes. I make mistakes. If I put anything together, you can guarantee it's gonna fall apart in about two weeks, all right? So if you ever come over to my house, I'm like, yeah, I built that chair. Like, don't sit in that chair, all right? I'm just telling you now, don't sit in that chair. I built some of those chairs, I'm just joking. Um, Within us, friends, within us, check this out, is the highest, most complex, most beautiful, grand design that the world has ever known. And the beauty of our design is most functional. It works best when we know that we're created not only by God, which is a pretty cool thing, right? But we're created for God. You're not created for you. You're not created for someone else. You are not God's gift to humanity. You are not God's gift, fellas, to your future wife. Girls, same for you. I'll be a little bit softer because I want y'all coming at me after this. I got you. God, God is our gift. Us being created by him and for him, That. That's the gift. I'm gonna give you guys permission to do something real quick because I totally dropped the ball and didn't get an image for the screens. I want you to Google this. Google like images or whatever your search engine is, okay? Google a Forbidden City. Forbidden City. It's in in Beijing, China. As you get there, I wanna share with something about the Forbidden City. I was able to go there uh, during my time in East Asia And here's a few facts about it. It was designed in the early 1400s by a man named Xiang. Or just if you're American, Shang, probably. (laughs) All right. Where are my architect majors in the room? Raise your hands. Yeah, Jace. I checked some of this with Jace to make sure I didn't say something stupid about architecture. And so if I do, it's on you, Jace. Love you, brother. All right. So what you'll know as you look at, as you've observed The beauty of a structured building that has complexity, it's like you look at it like, huh, that's pretty awesome. What you should know is that maybe the most impressive thing about that is not so much what's on the outside that appeals to the eyes, but the structures that are behind that, that are underneath that, that are holding and supporting that thing up. So the Forbidden City is on the outside, it really is a marvel. All those structures that you see as you go in, it took years and years and years and years to build. There's various temples in there. And though I, although I'm not a, a, a Buddhist or into any of the, the Eastern mystical religions, I, I'm impressed, right? Because it's so beautiful and complex, here's the thing. Another designer, another architect can't come along and decide we're just gonna change this a little bit in the structure our design because the way it was originally created had so much intentionality behind it that it would seriously compromise the, the structure's ability to stand and may entirely destroy it. Are y'all tracking what I'm saying? So every little detail mattered and had a distinct purpose. When God created us, Every little detail mattered and had a distinct purpose. Here's the difference. We're created not by a mere man, which young, like props, brother, like really impressive. But he's still a mere man. We're created by a divine architect who made sure that every little detail about us had very specific purpose. And what the modern man tries to do is the modern man tries to come in and say, oh, let's just change this a little bit, like, created male, let's make him female. Created female, let's make him male. Modern man tries to come in and read that God created male and female. You can't mess with the Hebrew text or its translation in the Greek text. You can't do some type of jujitsu to make it not say that. If you're a Christian, This is what Christians believe and anyone else is just lying. But the modern man tries to come in and do some things and be like, no, no, two men can be together, two females can be together. No, 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 She, She doesn't, uh, God doesn't get to define um, how he or she is supposed to live. He can be with multiple partners. She can decide ultimately if the living being in her continues to to live or not. She creates her own destiny. He creates her own destiny. He is their own architect. She is their own designer. Are you tracking with me? That's what the modern man decides to do. And guess what? The more and more that has happened, and I say this with love, I I, I don't gain anything by touching on what I just touched on. Y'all know that, right? I don't gain any popularity contest. That's what I'm saying. The more prevalent this mindset is, just look at our society. It's crumbling right now. Mining your generation, the ones who those in power of these dark ideologies and dark philosophies hidden behind and crevice behind movements that tell you that they want to help you and love you, they're not helping you. And what they've created and mining your generation is the most lonely depressed the most medicated generations that have ever existed guys that includes a generation that went through like world war ii like great depression like we're far surpassing and so what i'm saying is through the academies through the news they're pumping this worldview into you and it's destroying us it's destroying our society because no one well, some do. <laughs> Very few want to stand up and say this truth. No, no, no. I, like our, our identity, I, I get the sentiment. I I get how much hurt you've had. And you, and you assume you had all that hurt because of having this identity. And you're going to change that in hopes of a better life. I get that, the traumatic childhood that you had. And you're like... I'm I'm done with men. I'm done with women. I'm, I get the hurt you may have even experienced in a church setting that basically they hurt you so bad that if you'd really admit it, and I say this lovingly, you're not even thinking rashly anymore. You just wanna make sure that whatever you believe and whatever you do is the opposite of what the church says. You just wanna make sure whatever you believe and whatever you do is the opposite of what the Bible says. How's that working for anybody? Guys, under God's design, the response to people saying like, no, no, here's the thing though. What you're saying, that's a caricature. I know people that they're doing just fine. They're okay. They don't believe in God. They're doing their own way. They're doing their own thing. They're living lifestyles that obviously Christians disagree with. They're doing just fine. You know what I'd say in response to that? Under God's design, he doesn't want us to be only just fine. He wants us to flourish. He's designed us in a way. Remember we talked about last semester about us being the temple of, of God's spirit? He wants to create us in such a way that we beam everywhere with the beauty an image of God that when people see us, they, they see something. They see this love. They see this compassion. They see God's image. They see a reflection of who God is. God isn't created just to be okay and just be fine. He's created us to flourish. Not only to survive, but to thrive. We find our ultimate identity in being created not only by God, but for God living under his design, trusting him. He's not just, don't hear the voice of an unloving preacher condemning lifestyles and going too far and things. They said, don't hear that when you hear what I'm teaching. Hear the voice of God. Say, no, I, I, I love you and I promise you, just like, a, just like a loving father would, it's not gonna work this is the way I've designed you and this is how you're gonna flourish. Y'all still with me? Mamacita. All right. Thanks for the amen. (laughs) I want you guys to turn to Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 and 22. Matthew 22, 15 and 22. So we find our ultimate identity in knowing, hey, we are the pinnacle of God's creation. We find our ultimate identity in knowing that we are created by God for God, and then Jesus has something to say to us. I think teaches a lot about how we are to live and to think about ourselves. And I want you to turn there with me. It's in Matthew twenty-two, fifteen to twenty-two. And I got to turn there. Been talking too much. All right. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. You see what they're doing? Like they're trying to like, catch him in a trap. Like it's just, it's just flattery. It's ridiculous. And Jesus catches on to it. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? By the way, Jew asking this question, Jews hated Rome. They would have loved for him to say, no, start a revolution right there, boom, history changes. But no, but Jesus, look at this, aware of their malice, he says, why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And so he's like, all right, homeboy, show, show me what you're supposed to be paying. Let, me, let me, Maybe after I see it, see this coin, I'll be able to make a decision. And they brought him a denarius. Denarius is a day's wage for a laborer, by the way. And verse 20, and Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. It'd be like us taking a penny, right? And be like, hmm, yeah, it's Abraham Lincoln. It's still Lincoln, right? We didn't change that. Okay, good. I'm just checking. You never know, right? Like, whoops, foot in mouth. Okay. <laughs> and they said, Caesar's. Caesar's face is on this. He said, therefore, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard it, they marveled, and they left him and went away. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, they, they want your money. I'm not going to do anything about that now. Give the money to Caesar. It's got, it's got a space on it. It's his. But whose likeness, you recognize that word from Genesis 1? created in his likeness? Whose likeness in the description is on us? It's God's. And so if we're gonna give to Caesar, Caesar and God's, what is God's what is God's, it's us. He's saying whatever situation you're in, whatever you're doing, give yourself unto God because you are God's, you belong to him. Not like plural, like you are God's God, you got me? Like you belong to, that would be some weird teaching going on in here, that's not what I'm talking about. All right, so. Where do we find our ultimate identity? We find our ultimate identity last in belonging to God. Like he kept us and he created us and he kept us. He didn't create us and be like, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, good luck. No, he actually still wants us. Just stop and think about this for a second. Like God looks at you and me and everyone in the world, Christian and non-Christian. We're not in salvation yet. We're getting there, I promise. You know me. But he looks at all of us and he says, mine. We have a creator who loves us and actually wants us. And what is so special about us? God is what is so special about us. We belong to the one who used his words and spoke the world into creation. Like, Does that not blow your mind? and you belong to him, we're like his kinfolk, like we're like God's people. He's saying, that they're mine. Who watches the show, This Is Us? Anybody watch this show? Cool. How many of you think that This Is Us was, was like basically a continued parenthood, like for all of the parenthood fans? Yeah, so love both of them. One of the, one of the characters, so now I'm mixing up, I, I know this, I watch this show. Um, Daryl, one of the, the three siblings, right? Y'all tracking with me? He was actually adopted. Am I getting this story right? For some reason I'm doubting myself on Daryl. Okay, good, thank you. So Daryl's the same. Anyway, um, he was actually adopted. Whenever they were supposed to have triplets when they, when they were born, one of them actually um, died. I'm, this is a kind of a spoiler alert. You've had plenty of time, okay? to get in the first season, all right? Sorry, not sorry. Um, and so amazingly, at the same, on the same day, uh, who became Daryl's family had an opportunity to adopt him. There's so much storyline there. Check it out; it's amazing. But Daryl, as he gets older, here's what's interesting. Even though he's adopted by this loving family, I, what happens with Daryl is I think he still kind of sees himself as an orphan. He still he still knows within himself that he's he's searching for his identity because his childhood and how he was raised, although it was good. There's something within Daryl that knows that, y'all lean into this, he cannot know who he is until he learns whose he is. That makes sense? And so he goes on a, a quest and search, he ends up finding his father and eventually he ends up learning where his mother, well, I'm not gonna spoil it too much for you guys, but anyway, he's, <laughs> I'm like, some of you haven't kept watching, so anyway, he's got, he ended up looking for his mom because he feels like I won't know who I am until I know whose I am. Where is my origin? Where is is my source? And I'm watching the show and I'm "I'm loving it, but I'm like, Daryl, you're not gonna find it even in that. Even your family, even your biological parents, the best things that you can imagine, you're not gonna find your true identity in that. you're not gonna find any clarity in your purpose, like it's gonna be a sweet experience but he still sees himself as evident. It's kind of this orphan, just kind of wondering, looking for where his purpose is, where his identity is. And I think a lot of us, friends, actually all of us apart from Jesus, we're like spiritual orphans. We've been wandering around, looking in all the wrong places, like an orphan who's just looking in all the wrong places, can't find their birth mom and their birth dad. We're wondering all around, Looking for purpose in all the wrong ways. Looking at that relationship. Mm, that was hurtful. That's going to leave a huge scar. It wasn't there. Looking in this career path. Looking in this major. Looking at maybe um, taking some things and ingesting some things that you thought would bring that. Mm, it didn't. It actually brought more pain. And God looks at us as these spiritual orphans searching. And he says to us, your your identity, what you're searching for is only going to be found in me. He says, you're not going to know who you are until you know whose you are. The beauty of it is, is that unlike the orphan who's going to find his parents, God comes out and finds us. And he did this through his son, Jesus Because we're spiritual orphans and we're going to remain so mostly because of our sin and rebellion against God. We fundamentally in our hearts, we deny all those truths. He's not my creator. He doesn't get to tell me what to do. That's what all of us did. And even though all that, God created us and wants us to just ruin everything. And he still loves us and he still wants us. He sees all of your life, all your hurt everything you've ever done to try to fix your life and made it worse, he says, I still love you. And he sent his son, Jesus, to die the death that we deserve for all that sin and rebellion against him. And guess what? Through Christ, by believing in what he did, because that homeboy raised from the dead, amen, he raised from the dead, defeated sin and death for all time, and because of that, by believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ, so many amazing things happen. Forgiveness of sins Reconciliation, you get the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. But one really, really amazing word, and that is we are adopted as sons and daughters of a living God. Amen. Romans 8 uses a word for God, Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. Some of you in this room, for various reasons, You may not have a dad in the picture. And I can't replace that. God can't replace that. But in a spiritual way, your ultimate father, your ultimate daddy, maybe grew up without a parent. It was like, bring your parent to work day and you're like, well, some kid was bragging about what his dad does. You know, you can say as a Christian, well, my daddy created the world, yo. What's up? That's super cheesy, y'all, I know. In Christ, through him, we are not spiritual orphans anymore. The invitation to believe in Christ brings a lot of amazing things, but what it draws us to is the reality that we are sons and daughters of God, amen? Amen. Some people still wanna create their own destiny, they wanna decide for themselves what their purpose is, they're not interested in being a son and daughter. But I can't recall anyone who's found contentment in that. It's the most successful in the world. It's the most powerful in this world who also end up being the most medicated and disappointed It's because they don't have a spiritual daddy. <laughs> They're wandering around like orphans. They get to the top. They achieve the destiny which they supposedly created for themselves and still feel empty. And why? Because ultimate identity and purpose can only be discovered in the realization that we belong to God. He calls us his own. We find our ultimate identity and belonging to God. Last passage I wanna show you, we're gonna close. Psalm 139. We're gonna be in verses 13 through 16, Psalm 139. What I want you to do is I want you to allow the beauty of this passage and the words resound in your soul for just a minute. Even if you don't call yourself a Christian, even if you just hear, uh, for, for Lord knows what reason, but it wasn't to read the Bible, I just want you to see this as how beautifully Christians describe how God looks at us and sees at us, and sees us, sorry. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. To know who you are. You've got to know whose you are. You're God's. You belong to your creator. Our creator who says to us, I put my image on you. I call you Not just like a okay, wonderfully made. It's right there in scripture. Beautiful, unique, the climax of the symphony of my creation. Deeply loved by me. Those are God's words for us. That's what he says about us. That's who you are. That song, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And what is the part about us? And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's the sum total of our entire existence. And if that doesn't preach into whatever you want to call that's going on outside these walls, then I don't know what will. I do know it will. And that's why I want to plead with you as we enter this series. I think Siri heard me. Man, I'm yelling out. Something's going on. Oh, I just called somebody. That's awesome. I just called a student from my former student ministry. That's crazy. Man, I think that brother actually left the faith. That's crazy. And that was weird. Okay. Um, I'm gonna call him after this. That was weird. God works mysterious ways. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if you need to take some time to reflect. Up to this point in your life, in who or what has your identity been founded upon? Is it in God or is it in someone else or something else? Have you assumed yourself to be the own architect of your design and purpose or will you return to God the proper title that he has earned of divine designer and bow down and worship him as creator? What I'm gonna let you do is take a few moments to reflect on that question. Up to this point in your life, who or what has my identity ultimately been founded upon? So just heads heads bowed and eyes closed. I want you to just reflect on that. Ask God to work in your heart, search in you, search out your heart, search your mind for ways that you may need to repent or change. And then the band in just a moment is gonna lead us. We hope you are encouraged by today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the journey, check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Journey LBK. Thanks for listening.